Do you get anxious on dates? I think most of us get nerves and butterflies before meeting someone new that we're going to be vulnerable with. It's so natural. And it also might be pretty natural to have a glass of something just to take the edge off. I mean, I get it. I often, probably too often, turn to liquid courage to lubricate situations with new people. So how does the idea of dating sober sit with you? No drinking, nothing to numb those nerves, just you sitting in your feelings and holding a conversation without a drink in your hand. Does it scare the shit out of you? (laughs) Nat Tenchich here. And in this episode, we're putting the bottle down and finding out what it's like dating sober in a culture that more often than not prickles the very idea of going dry. We're going to investigate the sometimes dangerous relationship between alcohol and dating and find out how to try it without that liquid crutch, if that's something you want to do, or how to work out if that's something you might need to do. So where do you sit on the spectrum when it comes to spirits? Do you feel like you rely too much on alcohol to be social? Do you have to have a few before you even rock up to meet your date? and even more before getting into bed with them. Or maybe you're the opposite and have found less is more when it comes to drinking and dating. Hookup listeners had a wide range of attitudes to alcohol and dating, from keeping it at arm's length to a drink being a date necessity. I did a fair bit of dating on Bumble and Tinder. And the first few times I legit had to do one or two shots before I even left the house just to G myself up so I didn't get so nervous. Eventually I got past that, but I would still drink on every single date. And sometimes I would drink too much to the point where I'd then make some stupid mistake um, or some regretful decision. So eventually I got to the point where I decided I'm going to drive to every first date. And from that point on, I stopped making silly decisions on that first date and got to know people a bit better. And if they didn't call me back, I didn't blame myself for doing something stupid. It was just like, okay, they're not into me. That's fine. For me personally, having a drink with somebody is more of a serious thing. So I prefer to have access to it to take the edge off. I like to get to know somebody sober. Even if it's just a hookup, like I want to know if they're respectful, if they're going to respect my boundaries, and sometimes alcohol can cloud your judgments. Um, I personally prefer to have a few drinks on a date mainly because I find men sort of mundane a lot of the time, and having a little cheeky drink with them is way better than sitting there sober and enduring what could be a really shitty night. Like when I go out with my friends and I want to talk to a girl, I feel like I need a few drinks in me to gain that liquid courage in order to approach them and ask them for their number. And I don't think I would have been able to do that if I was sober. Definitely steering clear of having drinks on the first few dates. I just find I've got a clearer head. I don't say anything silly. I feel like if I'm sober, then you can kind of actually get to know that person, see if you get on well and have a genuine connection. Um, whereas when you're drunk, it's kind of feels a bit false, like it's a bit socially lubricated. So I feel like that can kind of set you up for failure because then when you hang out with them sober, after getting on with them really well when you were drunk, like it can be more difficult and you realise that you didn't actually get on with them as well as you thought you did. Um, so I've never felt like I've needed alcohol uh, before going on a first date because I can keep a conversation and I am a pretty easygoing person. I think it's when it comes to the idea that I could be sleeping with them um, 
when that's when I decide, oh God, I need that alcohol to be able to boost my confidence up again. I was sober for eight months and drinking is so normative in dating, hookup culture, first dates, whereas we preach all the time, you can't give consent if you're intoxicated. How do those two things work together? I think that we really have to question why we're drinking. Is it because we don't feel comfortable with ourselves to be sober, having sex with a stranger? Or is it because we probably wouldn't have sex with them if we were sober? Maybe we're not actually interested in them, but the alcohol makes it feel like it's okay. Having one or two cheeky drinks just before you meet them is totally cool. I find myself more relaxed. I am actually more confident and I'm not afraid to speak my mind. If you can't handle me when I'm a little bit tipsy, you probably can't handle me when I'm sober. Yeah, so it seems like a few of us need the comfort of a drink when meeting a new partner. So what's going on here? Why do we always feel the pressure to reach for a Bev? Specialist couples counsellor Jill Jardet says it's largely to do with boosting yourself from within. You know, there are some people that um, love dating and, you know, find it enjoyable. But for most people, I would say that um, dating can be really terrifying and scary and Um, you know and it's different it's going to be different for everyone and different depending on what your motivations for dating is but ultimately we all kind of have you know an innate need to be desired and wanted and accepted Um, and you know like dating is pretty much putting yourself completely out there and exposing yourself really um, to another person and hoping that you will measure up is what most of us kind of really want um and that's scary like in itself and you know maybe you're new to dating maybe you've come out of you know a long-term relationship and you're kind of back in the dating scene or maybe you've had like really poor terrible experiences in the dating realm um and so we can become really anxious i would say before going out on dates um and you know that level of anxiety a lot of us and not just in dating in any kind of stressful situation or you know stressful relationship type situations we can use alcohol um, to try and help us through those processes um and like sometimes alcohol can be kind of um it's quite, it's, it can be quite similar to like anti-anxiety medication because mm. it, you know, lowers your fears and lowers your anxiety. It's calming, but it also makes us feel a lot more confident um, and it makes us feel a lot more attractive and a lot more bold and we probably feel like we're a lot more social. Um, so it's extremely common for people to drink either before going out on a date or during the date to have that sense of confidence and feel like they're a bit more desirable. But also there's a lot of external pressure because heaps of our dates literally centre around the activity of drinking. Going for a drink, going to the club, going to a bar, that sort of thing. Drinking is such a big part of our culture I think so much so that we probably don't even realize it because you know even when you are going on a date it's usually 
dinner and drinks or should we catch up for drink like it's it's just what is done it's the social norm as well right it's so ingrained in culture that you might feel like not doing it is fighting against the tide so why would you try dating sober well according to sexologist cassandra maricus there's a heap of good reasons You're really present so you can feel all your feelings, you have awareness of your situation, you can listen to your intuition and reflect on what you want rather than really being driven by the shoulds and you're also more likely to be in a headspace where you can make informed decisions about what you want out of, you know, a dating or even a sexual relationship and you can actually remember it the next day. But you're also not limited to bars and restaurants, as you were saying. You know, you're not li- limited to parties or nightclubs. You can go out and have more fun dates. You can go out and explore or have an adventure, like spend it outdoors. And maybe those things align with your values and your interests a lot more. Don't just take Cass's word for it, though. I've got a couple of before and after stories for you from people who've embraced sober dating, even though it was a challenge. First, meet Sam Wilson. Pre-sober Sam, I would always have a shot or two of whiskey while I was doing my hair or makeup when I was getting ready for a first date, and that was to numb these nervous feelings. Sam's the founder of Sober Mates, an online support community of young people who are navigating the world sober. She's been sober for just over a year now, but before she called it quits, she used to be a heavy social drinker, and dates back then looked really different to now. My first dates would always include going to a bar, um, and if it wasn't the first stop, it would be the second stop, and my priorities were, were different back then. It was all about ensuring that it was either a good story or a good time, and the date was going poorly, I would still try and push on, get some more alcohol um, into our bodies to make sure it was ending up to be some sort of fun date. But the result of that was the next day, knowing that I didn't really connect with that person and then wondering if I'd embarrassed myself. And so, yeah, I was a heavy social drinker and, and that coincided with the first dates and that I went on when drinking. And when I stopped drinking, I was really worried about the stigma associated with being sober. I, myself, when I was a drinker, used to call, you know, sober people not as fun and I regret doing that, but that's all about growth. Um, but now my priorities have changed when I'm meeting people and the focus of these first dates and that are sober, connecting with people and making sure that I actually like who I'm going on a date with. It's not so much worrying about ensuring whether we make sure we have a good time or not or that we're fully relaxed. It's ensuring that, you know, I'm getting to know this new person that I've brought into my life and ensuring that we connect and we have things that we enjoy doing on our sober level. But Sam embraced sobriety when her drinking left her in a really difficult spot. I toyed with the idea of becoming sober for about 18 months and I tried to moderate and I couldn't and it wasn't until my best mate's hen's party where I'd organised the whole day and I said I'm not drinking till four o'clock and I, I did stick to that but once it hit 4pm I played catch up and playing catch up I don't think ever works out well for anyone and I ended up being a super annoying mess. Um, I made silly mistakes like calling up my ex on his 30th dragging him away from his 30th and um, taking him home um, regretfully and and waking up the next day not wanting to look at my phone, not wanting to look at social media and this hangover and the anxiety that resulted from this binge drinking night was four days worth and I got to Wednesday and I was like I don't want to feel like this ever again. I need a break. I need to figure out why 
alcohol affects me so poorly so I decided to take a three-month break with alcohol and during this time I read different books about um, being sober and what alcohol does to our body and I got six weeks in and I was waking up so happy and I just thought why wouldn't I want to do this every day so I did I made that decision at six weeks to be sober forever and I started telling my friends and family and um they were super supportive of that because they knew the positive impact it was having on my mental health and but it also flows on to my life as saying no to poor dates or people that don't live up to what I want in a partner as well. Kath Ebbs is a model and actress and she's been sober for six years. She found that when she was drinking the alcohol was sabotaging the quality of her dates. I stopped drinking quite young because I kind of found like I was dating people that I actually like wasn't like really into just because like alcohol was always involved in like my social interactions, like lots of partying, all that sort of thing. Kath began her sobriety journey at 17 and hasn't looked back since. But the process of understanding her relationship with alcohol, it was slow and it was gradual. I kind of just started becoming like conscious that I was only really participating in drinking because it was like around me and it was like what you did and it seemed like uncool not to do it but when I really like sat with myself I was like no longer enjoying it and it kind of made me like anxious and I think I started seeing more like for lack of a better word like negatives were kind of outweighing the positives and I just kind of slowly weaned off it until I became comfortable with the fact of like I don't want to do this and it's not even coming from like a defiant like I'm not doing this full stop I was just like oh I don't want to do it I'm not going to do it and then six years on I'm like shit haven't had a drink like whoops Um, (laughs) but yeah it was like this gradual thing of like all these little things in my life just like coming together and I just was like I'm not interested in in that anymore and I think I liked my life and myself better when I was sober so I just stopped. If this has you assessing your own relationship with alcohol and dating, how do you work out if it's actually a problem? Like, how can you tell if this is something you should maybe try? Well, Jill says you need to reflect on your patterns and figure out whether alcohol is causing issues for you. And that doesn't have to be some type of melodramatic four-day hangover rock bottom. It can just be the feeling that you can't date without it. I'd be looking at kind of themes in your behavior when you are dating and I think usually kind of what happens with um, like alcohol anyways is you probably start to notice some themes so it might kind of start off like kind of cute and innocent but I think after a while you start to run into problems or issues which were probably that started with you know, drinking excessively during dates, um, which is kind of what we've heard a little bit tonight. Um, So I think that you need to be reflective in terms of your, um, I'd probably call it like dating anxiety or, you know, what what do you do when you start going out on a date or when you're dating? Um, And is alcohol like a big part of that or is it not? Um, And if it is, like, is it causing issues for you because it doesn't cause issues for everyone but for some people it actually really does Um, and if they are what are they and what what is behind that 
if that makes sense. Like, is it that you are finding that you're going out and getting kind of wine drunk and um, kind of hooking up with someone and you're quite regretful the next day or, you know, like usually there are patterns that there's kind of like little crumbs along the way to kind of lead you to a point where you think this is actually not working out in my favour. Um, and I would say that if that's you, um, I would strongly encourage you to either talk to someone, like whether it's a close family or friend or get kind of professional help or link into something like what Sam's doing with her um, organisation as well to look at that because um, I think alcohol can sort of help us to hide what's going on behind something for us. And, you know, that's different for everyone. But, um, you know, I think if you can come out into a space of being your authentic self, if you can have experiences or dating experiences where you're present, where you are able to make decisions, where you are rational in what you're doing, um, where you are able to make con consensual decisions, then we all deserve that. So there's benefits of taking a break from the piss for your mental health and for the quality of your dates. But let's remember one of the big reasons people drink on dates, to get more comfortable with sex. But while a lot of us turn to alcohol to feel confident to get in bed with someone new, it doesn't make the sex better. Actually, it makes it worse. Here's Cassandra. So alcohol is a depressant. It alters your physical and mental states by slowing the messages um, you know, within your central nervous system. That like impacts everything from like your coordination and your speech, um, it can be really difficult to notice and experience pleasure because the messages from your brain to your skin or erogenous zones are slowed. It can be difficult to um, get up, so it's hard to get an erection because, um, you know, because the messages between your brain and, um, and your genitals are slowed as well as, you know, alcohol being a vasodilator. It expands and relaxes your blood flow. Um, so it's hard to keep blood in your genitals. Um, but also it's very difficult to get off and have an orgasm because of that delay. Um, again, alcohol can dehydrate your body, meaning lubrication um, is slowed or your body doesn't produce it as much. I guess that can increase um, the risk of friction or tears. Again, with slowed messages, pain and discomfort is um, less perceptible because um, you know, you might not notice that your, your, your mind not, might not have caught up that your body's actually experiencing pain. And so it takes you a bit longer to stop. So yeah, booze is doing you and your partner dirty and it's a major disservice when it comes to pleasure. And Sam knows this all too well. While dating sober, hookups have slightly changed in the quantity, but the quality, Mwah. so much better. When I'm out and everyone's under the influence, I actually don't want to bring anyone home because I'm not on their level. Um, but it also the benefit has been that I never bring drunk dick home now. It's always <laughs> of quality. I'm always making sure they're on my level. Um, but yeah, the, the quality of my sex life has absolutely increased since I've been sober because I'm more confident in telling people what I want in the bedroom as well. But the quality is great because as the, the science behind it is I get to feel everything. There's, I'm not numbing any of the experiences, I'm not numbing any of the feelings and I also get to remember like all the exciting points of that night the next day as well. Sam's also discovered that for her sex is better when she's emotionally present, aka when she's clear-headed because alcohol puts her in a different place. 
I really do believe that sex is absolutely better when you've got a connection with someone. So when one night stands aren't as appealing as they once were, it's about if I'm going to get a fuck buddy or if I'm seeing someone, I do want to build that connection first before, um, you know, being vulnerable with someone in the bedroom. And of course, we can't let this conversation finish without addressing how alcohol has a negative impact on getting clear, enthusiastic, ongoing, informed consent. Here's Cassandra. Well, legally, someone that has consumed alcohol cannot consent, but this is still dependent on like the amount and the type of substance and and your body size and your body weight and food and water consumed and all that. Um, But the issue with consent is um, alcohol makes it more difficult to communicate consent and really difficult to determine that consent has actually been given. Um, Alcohol, by its very nature, impacts how your brain functions. So your brain is functioning way, way less than 100%, Um, your decision making is impaired, you know, it might be already challenging to figure out what's going on for your sexual partner, Um, you know, it might be really hard to check in uh, to see what's going on in your body, but alcohol on top of that sort of scatters that and you become very disconnected from your mind and your body, but as well as your partners. So are you noticing signs that your partners have checked out or are you noticing that your partner's frozen? Um, have they have they sort of given you signs that they're enjoying what's going on or have they stopped sort of communicating with you at all? And, you know, how do you know that they haven't changed their mind, but they just can't communicate that because they're so impacted by, um, by the alcohol in their system? So you don't really know when it comes to consent and alcohol, what's going on for that person. You only know what's going on for yourself. And sometimes that is uh, very hard to sort of determine. Dating sober at this point sounds like it's got a lot of positives, but it's definitely not without its setbacks. We're at a place culturally in Australia where drinking in general is so widely assumed that to go sober actually makes some people defensive. Like they're offended at your life choice, that it says something about you or it says something about their choice to keep drinking. And as Sam says, they can make some pretty big assumptions about your character. There's such a stigma attached with people that don't drink that, you know, the stigma being not fun and boring. And I was thinking that I used to make judgments of people that were sober. So I know people are going to make those judgments of me and I know they're not necessarily a bad person. So how do you deal with people's negative reactions? Because there's a possibility that those relationships with people in your life, whether they're lovers or friends, might shift and change if you embrace sobriety. So how are you going to cope when people aren't supporting your decision? Kath says if they're not going to respect your life choice to be sober, maybe you're going to have to kiss them goodbye. When you're deciding to make a decision out of love for yourself and and wanting to do something to maybe challenge yourself or better yourself or change your lifestyle or maybe you have a bad relationship with alcohol, whatever it is, and you have people in your life that don't respect that and don't want to at least like have a conversation with you to see where you're at. Because I know for me, like, like where I'm at in my journey, it's like I still like to go out and I still like to, I don't mind being around alcohol. And my true friends know that about me because they've asked and they've had the conversation. So I still get invited to things and then it's my choice whether I want to go or not or leave early or whatever so I think the biggest thing is like yeah sometimes friends do fall away and that sucks and there's like a grief that comes with that and it's also like grief that comes with 
changing your lifestyle and letting go of certain, you know, experiences. But I always say that like true connection come from when the other person or people respect you and love you and see you and want to understand you, especially when it comes to something like not drinking as much or at all coming from a place of like self-love or um, po- like a positive thing, you know? And I think if a, if a person or people can't respect that or don't want to see that, I always ask myself the question of like, were they really my people to begin with? And Jill says that if somebody has an issue with your choice, that's not on you. That is on them. The best um, and deepest kind of relationships we have with people are built on a foundation of honesty. Um, And truth be told, like this is, you know, not what we want to hear but we're not going to be everyone's cup of tea like at the end of the day so if this is like a life decision a life choice that you're you've decided for yourself then I think you should feel a sense of pride and a a sense of like you know this is who I am and and this is what I'm doing and hopefully for some people it will start up an interesting conversation or you know like I feel like vulnerability breeds like kind of great conversations with people and you know might even open up um like for other people or your date to kind of be open with you about whatever experiences they have too but i think it shouldn't be something that is shameful and if they can't deal with it that's actually not for you to carry that's for them if that makes sense like i just don't think it should be something that people should feel a sense of shame about because actually, you know, this is this is what I'm doing with me. And that's something to be really proud of. Exactly. A classic case of projection, I say. Speaking of honesty, another question is when is the right time to tell someone you're not drinking? I have chosen to not show that I'm sober on my profile. And then once we've had a conversation and we've connected and I'm like, okay, this person's actually all right. And we're planning a first date. That's when I will say, Hey, I'm sober. And then it's up to them whether they, they want to judge that or not. But I, we've already built up a, a connection and, and a, you know, a sort of relationship. And if they're not okay with it, that's fine. So say you want to give this a go, but you're at a loss for hot date ideas. Well, get out into the sunlight, you vampires. Go get a coffee, go to a market, hit up an art gallery, go for a bushwalk. There's also stuff you can do at night too, like seeing a play, playing laser tag, going to a lookout, having a romantic, non-alcoholic picnic at dusk. And for the first timer who's feeling a little anxious, here's Sam's big tip. If you are going on a first date and feeling a little nervous, just make sure you pick somewhere that you feel really comfortable. I always pick my favourite local um, coffee shop because I know how to order there. I know the wait staff. Um, It's just something that I don't also need to think about on top of going on a first date as well. At the end of the day, drinking or not drinking shouldn't be a defining part of who you are. And even if you're limiting your alcohol intake, whether it's cutting it down a bit or cutting it off completely, it doesn't mean you have to limit your fun with dating. Hey, you might even start to love feeling everything, all those butterflies, just like Sam. Now I absolutely love sitting in these nervous feelings because it's an adrenaline rush and it's exciting and it shows you care about the person you're seeing on this first date. I hope this episode has helped you. And as always, if you have a question, love or sex dilemma that you want us to investigate, 
Hit us up on Instagram at Triple J The Hookup or email thehookup at abc.net.au. Don't be shy. I love to hear from you. I love to get to the bottom of these things for you. And recommend this podcast to a friend. If you know somebody who's been thinking about their alcohol intake, then yeah, shoot them this link. I'll catch you next time.